Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show here on a Tuesday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. And Steve will soon be there, of course, from the Sunbury Motors studio, and a action-packed show today. This is going to be just a really, really busy show. Alyssa Nair from the U.S. Women's National Team, the goalkeeper, the Penn State grad herself, is going to join us at 3.35 today. Of course, had the incredible game against the Netherlands in the quarterfinals that kept the run alive for the Americans before losing in the semis to Canada. Of course, the team getting the bronze medal. Nair has been hurt, so she didn't play in the bronze medal match, but she will join us at 3.35 today, so really excited to have her join Steve today at 3.35. Then ESPN's Kirk Herbstreet, Herbie at 4.06. He's got a new book out. And we're going to get into all of the latest in college football. Certainly a little bit to get into with him, considering the changes in the SEC and the Big 12 and NIL and all those sorts of things. So really interested to see what Herbie has to say at 406. Then at 435, Neil Coolong with the latest on the Steelers. Getting ready for the Eagles this week. Keystone battle for week one of the preseason for everybody else so this will be the second game of course for the Steelers coming off the 16-3 Hall of Fame game win against the Cowboys so we'll hear from Neil at 3.30 or excuse me 4.35 today so we got a loaded loaded show if you missed any of the show today we will have it all later stevejonesshow.com Apple Google Podcasts always available there to subscribe to that and of course on Twitter at Steve Jones PSU and the Steve Jones Show on Facebook. So we're really excited about this show here today. And as far as it's been a pretty quiet start to the day for the college football side of things. Of course, besides Herbie joining us here. As far as the NFL goes some more injuries for the for the Eagles, but we'll see what happens. We still got plenty of time. But man, I'm excited for today's show, Mr. Steve Jones. 
Yeah, we'll have open lines. Uh, okay. Um, good. <laughs> look, look forward to talking to people. It'd be great. Anything else? No? A couple big names, but, you know, other than that, all systems yeah. go. Uh, let me look and see here. Who do we have on the show today? Uh, let's see. Says it's still connecting. Oh, there's an image. All right. Let's see. I'll listen there. Okay. U.S. women's soccer goalie, Kirk Herbstreet, Neil Kulong. Hmm. There's nothing here about the suit. Um, so I, I, well, you said we had big names. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, with high school football season coming up, why don't you cancel these guests and we'll, we'll just do a high school football hour? What do you think? No good! No good! No good! Yeah, we'll follow that up with an IndyCar hour. Oh, my almighty! No. So we've decided to go for the ratings today? (laughs) Let's do some stuff that actually fans might be interested in? Yeah, let's try that, see what happens. Okay. So that's what we have coming up. Um, And uh, that'll be a fun day today. Now, later in the week, Ben Boma is going to join us. He's the name that you hear behind the scenes all the time. Ben's going to join us. going to get Matt McGloin on the show, too. Okay? I'm not going to get Jack on the show until after Jack has actually gone to practice. All right? Because uh, I just don't think that it is um, it'd be right. It's unfair for me to have him talk about something he hasn't had a chance to see yet. And only his only impression of it is me telling him what happened. Which means he's all he'd be all fouled up, right? No, Steve, that's not really true, is it? And uh, conversely, that way I can hear what he has to say about it. Then I can steal from him because <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> so we can do that, okay? Uh, so we'll get Jack on. We might get Jack on the week of the Wisconsin game. What do you think? Absolutely. Maybe we do that. I know Jack and I are speaking in Pittsburgh that week together, but um, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, that kind of preseason, that that kind of opening game is uh, again. I don't like the strategy that, from a conference point of view, I don't like the strategy. Um. But it doesn't mean it's not a dynamic, exciting game to open with, because it is. Like, all right. I mean, it gives everybody some juice. There's no getting around it. I mean, everybody's got some juice surrounding it. And uh, we'll briefly get into that with Kirk Herbstreet as well when he's on the show. In the next hour, let's, and, then a, and the list will be a lot of fun, uh, because uh, this is not just Penn State. Uh, Liss is also, uh, I believe Liss is from Connecticut, uh, if I recall correctly. So, down in the 
southern part of the state. <laughs> okay, I, I grew up in the northern part of the state, you, I, you know, where there is no money. <laughs> so. Oh, man. But, yeah, we'll have a list on the show. Looking forward to that. And and she made 88 starts here at Penn State. You know, pretty good. But, uh, yeah. But we'll talk to her. I can't, uh, you know, I have a lot of fun. I mean, this is the former Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. And just I can't believe it. you said big names and I looked down and I didn't see Kevin Hur. And when we were at O U L E D that spells when we were at we when we were at the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament. He really cast a large shadow when he was there, didn't you think? I thought I noticed something afterwards. He just, I just felt like he cast a large shadow. Then when he moved, I saw the mountains. It was all right. So, um, was, babies. <laughs> by, by, by the way, Bob Jenkins. Let's something serious. But so since the suit loves racing so much. Bob Jenkins was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant broadcaster, including a lot of IndyCar and race car. Passed away at the age of 73. Very understated and outstanding. And he, he passed away, I think, last night at the age of uh, 73. So I want to at least uh, put that in there and talk about that. The... Um, Eagles, there's already instant panic that Jalen Hurts is off to a inconsistent start. How about that? Is that fair? Well, it's really the whole offense, not just Jalen Hurts. I won't start to say anything until I see the first preseason game or two. It doesn't mean anything. Really, it's like... But even that, it's still going to be hard to gauge because even from the beginning, they didn't have... Brandon Brooks is working back from the Achilles. Sayamalo has been hurt since the beginning. Now Devontae Smith got hurt a couple of weeks ago. So there's, there's there's still some moving parts in there. But it's a but from what I've been, what I've been hearing them getting dominated like that like apparently they did at the open practice at the link. You don't like to hear that, but I, I guess it's just I, I got to see something at least before I even say any hit any sort of panic button. So we'll see Thursday. Oh, don't panic! You're gonna finish in fourth. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Eh, maybe we'll see. A. Hey. Coaches are in a difficult spot these days. So what? Uh, what is was Sirianni? What threw them off the practice field one day? Is that what he did? I'm trying to yeah, think this, what, it was some, Joe Judge. Yeah, it, it was sometime last week. He like stopped. <laughs> he stopped practice and brought everybody into the middle for a team meeting, and then they went back. They really yeah. didn't like rip. He didn't like rip into him like Joe Judge did after the brawl at Giants yeah. practice. 
But they, he had a little team meeting, you know, talking about adversity and whatever, and then they went back to it and they responded fine. Joe Judge just pretty much treated their players as if, you know, they were in midget football and made them run a hundred times after all the, yeah, the skirmish. That, no offense, but in the pros, you can't do that. I mean, in the pros, you can't do that. That That's a young coach that is a young coach and doesn't get it. Can't do it. Um, which is, you know, on the pro level especially, you just don't have that kind of, you know, you know, the old thing about coaching power and so forth. Look, I mean, not even Lombardi did that. And that was 60 years ago. Back with more in a moment. Sponsored by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com and News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Well, I know that the uh, that Matt is touting the big names in the show, and we apologize to all the fans of the suit. Um, we'll be sending both of you cards and saying that we're sorry. S-U-I-T, that spells suit There you go. We got a complaint from Suit Light. So, I just... Sorry. All right. When we get to the high school football thing, we ask him to come on every week on the high school football thing, and he tells us no, that he's too busy. That is correct from the past. It's like being in sales at NBC for the Olympics. <laughs> Except 40... I'd have to find that on Peacock. All-time summer viewership low. Closing ceremony, craters, and early results. NBC will likely never admit it, but the Comcast-owned network must be so relieved that the Tokyo Olympics are finally over. <laughs> Just 24 hours after the 17 days of the pandemic-delayed games, the network is trying to put a golden spin on the losing results. 
insisting that it's small screen dominance and streaming data. Okay. To be honest with you, the streaming stuff is so misleading. If you go on there and you check in 20 times, it, go, it counts as 20 hits, even though it's only one person. That's why it's, it's, it's mumbo-jumbo. The Tokyo Games face planted to the worst result NBC has had since it started broadcasting the Olympics in 1988 in Seoul. Focusing in on the most recent Summer Olympic Games, the curated primetime coverage crashed 42% from Rio. They were also down 22% from Pyongyang in the Winter Olympics. In the Winter Olympics in Pyongyang, were, uh, in Pyongyang, excuse me, Pyongyang, uh, was considered a disappointment. <clears throat> Lacking spectators in stadiums and other venues, the mainly mass participants from the 205 delegations uh, went about their business, but with no crowd support. Viewership for the closing ceremony cratered 40% from Pyeongchang, which was bad. Now, this will be bad news for the king. NBC can say they won Sunday night against CBS's Big Brother. (laughs) And uh, And the Suits autobiography movie, Love Island. No. They put a lot of money into this. A lot of money. But we're going to take some time and look at the Olympics ourselves with Alyssa Nair, goalkeeper, U.S. women's soccer team. If she's in goal, the U.S. wins the gold medal. But then she got hurt in the semifinal. Now, I'm not going to bring that up to her because she will fully support her backup, just like she was always supported when she was the backup. So, but I'll at least give that opinion now. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. All right. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory, great pre-owned inventory. Fabulous service department, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Kirk Herbstreet in the next half hour. Final half hour, Neil Kulong. Coming up on the show on Thursday, Matt McGloin. And then before the month's out, Jack Ham will be on so the two of us can talk about our trip to Wisconsin for the opener on September 4th. But with that, we bring in one of the best in the world. And Penn State and the U.S.'s own Alyssa Nair. Alyssa, welcome to the show. Welcome back home. Hi, thank you for having me. All right. How's the knee doing? It's doing all right. It's kind of relaxing and, uh, you know, starting 
starting the road recovery, so all good. I mean, could you tell right away what had happened? Uh, I could tell that I was in pain, um, you know, then kind of just let the doctors, you know, have a look and, um, you know, kind of take it one step at a time and go from there. And um, But definitely, definitely didn't feel very comfortable. Right. All right, so you say you're going to take it one step at a time. Does one step at a time eventually bring you back to playing for the U.S. women team at this stage of your life and career? I certainly hope so. All right, so let's talk about the journey to get there. You come here to Penn State, and in your journey to get here, what was it about Penn State? And I think it was Paula that brought you here, right? Paula Wilkins? She was. Yes, she yeah. was. And then, and then Erica took over, like, I think after what you were, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to remember. I think it was your sophomore year Erica took over. Yeah, Paula, Paula left right after my freshman year, and Erica came in January of my freshman year. Yeah, yeah. So, in fact, ironically, Paula went to Wisconsin, which is where, obviously, we'll open the football season. Uh, but when that, when what brought you here? What was it that said, okay, you know, because you're from Connecticut, so what brought you to Penn State? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was when I was going through the recruiting process, I, you know, had a very open mind. I didn't really have any idea um, or, you know, pre-inclinations of, of where I had wanted to go. And I had worked with Paula um, with some of the youth teams in the regional, um, on the regional team with the ODP program. Um, and I knew I liked her as a coach. Um, I liked playing for her and came – decided to come and on my visit to Penn State and as soon as I stepped on campus I I honestly just fell in love with it um and could see myself there for you know the those four years of my life and it just you know it's one of those things that it just it just felt right um and it made the decision easy for me uh, was it easy to pick sp- soccer over basketball? Because I don't think people realize in high school you were a two thousand point scorer. Did you have any offers? Uh, not not for any of the bigger schools. Some small schools, um, local schools, you know, Connecticut, New England area. Um, but I had kind of once I went into the you know youth national team system right. with soccer, um, that kind of took up a significant portion of my time um, and. You know, that was giving me a great avenue to be able to get to college and have an education and kind of open the door to a lot of different opportunities for me, which was incredible. What did Penn State do in terms of play? I'm talking about the pure play now. That now set you up to eventually get you to the U.S. national team? Uh, it just taught me how to be, you know, taught me how to be a pro. It taught me how to be, you know, competing constantly at a high level. Um, obviously, the Big Ten is very competitive, um, you know, Penn State has a history of a very, you know, has a great team. Um, you know, there's been a lot of incredible players to come through the program. Um, and for me, I just was able to continue to hone in and on a lot of, you know, little skills here and there and keep pushing and getting better. Um, you know, great coaches, great teammates. And to just be able to play day in and day out, um, you know, at a high level, was just always pushing me to to have to be better um and i was able to grow into you know the player that was able to to jump into the pro league and back onto the national team what was it like to have a a chunk of this journey done with Allie krieger oh it's incredible um you know i you know have a lot of respect for Allie. um she's one of my you know good friends and um you know i'm so proud of her and what she's done in her career and to be able to share 
this journey. She was actually the my host when I came on my visit to Penn State as a high school junior. So, um, you know, to be able to share this with not just another Penn Stater, but somebody that I would actually consider, you know, a, a good friend and be able to go through these experiences together has been, um, you know, an added bonus for sure. After you win the World Cup, there's certain elements that go with it, and there's a great popularity for the women's, women's soccer team in this country. I'm driving somewhere, I think, to make a speech somewhere, and I've got the Red Sox game on. And you threw out the first pitch at Fenway Park, if I recall. I did. How did Samuel. that come up? How did that come about? And look, you're from Southern Connecticut. I grew up in Northern Connecticut. You grew up down in what Stanford, some down there, I think. I grew up in, in Enfield. Down in Stratford, so, yeah. Yeah, Stratford. You're in Stratford. I, I grew up in Enfield. So there's okay. more of a Red Sox following up where I am. There's more of a Yankee following down there. Are, are you even a, a baseball fan at all? I am. You know, I I got I I did grow up in Connecticut, New Englander through and through. Um, you know, I got drafted to Boston um, out of yes. college, so the first five years of my professional career were spent in Boston. Um, and, you know, I, one of my favorite things to do there was go to Red Sox games, go to Fenway. Yep. Um, it's such yep. an incredibly historical, um, you know, ballpark. And, you know, Boston is the epitome of the, you know, a sports town. So, um you know that was always something that that I loved to do, um, and was fortunate enough to be living in Boston when the Red Sox, you know, were winning the World Series. So, um, <laughs> you know, to be able to get the opportunity to go throw the throw the pitch out at Fenway was um, absolutely a surreal moment. Um, yeah. I just couldn't stop looking around and kind of just trying to take it all in. And <laughs> even walking off the field with Sam, we kind of just looked at each other like, "Did we really just get to do that?" Like that. We just threw out a pitch at Fenway Park, so um, that was incredible. That was one of my favorite, you know, post World Cup experiences for sure. Yeah, I can imagine because I mean, as, as someone like myself who grew up as a lifelong Red Sox fan, I've probably gone to maybe fifty, mm-hmm. seventy-five games at Fenway. Um, and like I said, I was listening to the game. I said, "You've got to be mm-hmm. kidding me!" <laughs> I mean, I mean to look around and go, hey, "What was more surreal? Your first start in a World Cup?" Or standing on that mound? Uh, you know, I honestly can't compare the two. They're two completely different um, right. experiences and opportunities. One's, you know, one's business, yeah. One's business. One is, you know, fulfilling a lifelong dream, and the other is just something I never, ever thought would be, um, you know, an option to do. And when I had the chance to do it, I, I don't think I could say yes fast enough. There's a great tradition in goal for the U.S. between Hope Solo, Brianna Scurry. What did you learn along the way from those who had been in front of you on this stage that helped you grow so that you could be in the role of being the World Cup goalie to being the Olympic goalkeeper? I think the the biggest thing that I learned from both of them is just, you know, the importance of consistency, the importance of preparation, um, and being what your team needs you to be um, in each game and in each tournament. Um, you know, all, we're all very different um, goalkeepers, um, and we've played for all very different teams along the way. Um, but I think the, the biggest thing is just, you know, taking everything that, 
you know, one one game at a time and having to be at your best um, in those big moments and being ready for the big moments and ready to embrace them. Um, and you never know when those moments are going to come. Um, so the importance of, you know, preparation and focus and, and all those things is um, certainly something that I, I took from watching both of them. Obviously, you wanted, yeah, you wanted to win this badly, but I want to get to the personal relationship part of it. What did it mean to you that Erica was a part of the staff this time? Oh, it was incredible. Um, you know, I to be able to share that with, you know, you know, you know a fellow Penn Stater, my college coach. Um, you know, I've known Erica since I was, you know, 16 years old. She was my youth national team coach back then. Actually, for me, Kelly and Tobin. So... Uh, to be able to, you know, have her in the room on the trip, you know, just having, especially this one, you know, we're, we're far, far away. There's no family allowed, no friends allowed. Um, so to be able to have such a familiar face, such somebody that you can trust, someone that you can lean on, um, and just kind of, you know each other, you get each other. Um, and it was it was amazing to be able to, to have her, you know, on the coaching staff as part of the team for for this Olympics. What was it like in the village where you really couldn't go anywhere? I mean, I look. I've got a couple of pictures of stadiums I broadcast in last year, including Michigan, where Jack and I went and did the Penn State Michigan game. There's 111,000 empty seats. I mean, when mm-hmm. the game starts, you don't notice it, but before the game, you notice it. Uh, what was it like for you, village and also venue, with no fans and nowhere to go? Uh, you know, it's tough. You know, we were not allowed to go outside. We weren't allowed to leave. Um, you know, we had one floor of the hotel that we were on. So, um, you know, that, that you know, we're that's hard um, to not get some fresh air and just be able to do a lot of things that you would, you know, like to do. Just go for a walk around the block. Um, so it certainly was was challenging, you know, to step out onto these these fields for for the warm up, and you know, there's you could hear a pin drop in in the stadiums, and it's kind of a bizarre um, feeling, and certainly a very different atmosphere, um, you know. And it was it was I think it was hard the first game for sure, and then we kind of realized what it was going to be like, and we tried to from players on the bench to players in the stands to the players on the field all trying to kind of create our own energies and kind of bring a little bit more um you know that we needed to create that that buzz ourselves naomi osaka and simone biles have brought to the front that look the price for perfection sometimes is is a difficult one how do you away from this how do you keep yourself loose, your mind free, so that when it comes time for business, it's business? Uh, I think, you know, you just got to find, you have to find things that make you happy. You have to find things off the field that make you happy. Um, you know, whether that's, you know, for me, I like to bike around Chicago, get out to the lakefront, take, you know, go get coffee, go, you know, read a book, find a quiet place, um, hang out with friends, just go out to dinner, you know, just be able to do those you know simple little things um off the field that can just and it's going to be different for everybody i think and the importance of finding finding your niche finding what makes you happy and keeps you going um 
is is really important because it does take a lot out of you with what we do and um and it's that that balance is um and i think we're seeing it more and more um that balance is incredibly important well uh, for fans looking ahead i'll throw out the names of adelaide auckland brisbane dunedin hamilton melbourne perth sydney wellington why? Because that is where the Women's World Cup will be in 2023. So we'll at least prep the fans for that. That's just two years away. Alyssa, everyone at Penn State, obviously extremely proud of you. Congratulations on what you've accomplished so far. Best of luck with the rehab, and uh, best of luck in the future. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Alyssa Nair joining us. All right. Per Curb Street, next half hour. Neil Kulong after that, and then we'll cap off the big guest day at uh, 3.30 this morning with, uh, well, the suit. No? Oh, my almighty! No? Yeah, I've got notes here from his family that he's actually the biggest name, and I said, no, it's only seven letters. All right, we'll come back with more in a month. What? F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells founder. It's our guy. Yeah, you know what? It's, um, you, you fight your way to get to the finish of something. And, and as I pointed out in 2008, the U.S. lost to Norway in the opening round and came back and won the gold medal. I said the exact same thing when they lost to Sweden. I said I pointed out 2008. So they're going along, and Alyssa's playing great. And then she got hurt. And it made a big difference to me as to whether the U.S. won the gold or the bronze. So, All right, back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. Thanks to Alyssa Nair for joining us on the show from the U.S. Women's National Team. An outstanding goalkeeper who backstopped the World Cup gold in 2019. Kirk Street, next half hour, final half hour, Neil Kulong. Now, high school football gets underway when? Is it going to be... August 27th. August 27th? Yep. Okay, so it's going to be there. Okay. Now, do you have the Shikolemi schedule? Not in front of me. Uh, let's see. I'll have to look it up real quick. This, um, obviously, we'll be carrying the games this year. Dave Ritchie with um, occasional commentary. That spells Suda. Some people are just, they're dominators on the broadcast. They're just dominators. Yeah. The first game of the year is against Central Mountain. Central Mountain. Uh, Home? That is home. Yeah, because I remember last year they had to go to Mill Hall. So then then what's the journey after that? Well, then it's actually... A really brutal two-game road trip at Loyal Sock, 
at Mount Carmel. Mm-hmm. Wow. Then home against Wellsboro on September 17th. That at Jersey ah, Shore on Doug, the 24th. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not, let's not skip past Wellsboro. Doug. Oh, that's right. Yeah. This is your guy. This is our guy, man. He's got to have to make guy. the trip down for the, down to uh, yeah. Chick Levy Stadium then. Yeah. September 17th. All right. All right. Keep going. Then at Jersey Shore, September 24th. At Seals Grove on the 1st of October. Uh-huh. Then versus Shemokin. Then two games at Lewisburg and Mifflinburg, then home against Milton to finish off the year. Is there any reason why Shikolemi and Seals Grove don't play the last game? You know what? That is a good question. I don't know. Perhaps the Chief I or the that, King or the uh, Sioux can answer that question. I don't like know. I, said, I say that with all due respect to Milton, which is fine, but if Seals Grove and Shikolemi are such a great rivalry, why isn't it the last game? That is an interesting question. Hmm. Although I have noticed that with uh, there are some high school rivalries that just play in the middle of the year for whatever reason. But if I'm my mind serves me correctly, yeah, almost every year I've seen Lewisburg and Mifflinburg have played the last game of the year and their rivals for the little brown yeah. jug. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. We had two high schools in our town when I was growing up. That we, uh, My town doesn't have two anymore. There's only one now. But we always p- played Thanksgiving morning at 10 as the last game of the season. That's one of the problems with the playoff part. No Thanksgiving high school football anymore. Um, yeah, I do miss that. Those are really good stuff. State College in Belfont many, many years ago played Thanksgiving Day. Um, I'm sure there were Thanksgiving Day games in the Valley. Like Mount Carmel probably had a Thanksgiving Day game. Seals Grove probably did. I mean, now, now, obviously, one of the reasons would be is that, you know, say the game runs past noon. <laughs> well, I've got dinner. i got to go. <laughs> I could see the suit now leaving the broadcast booth. You know it's true. He'd be the first guy out. <laughs> There's certain elements that over time have changed. Uh, And I don't know. Not all of it's great. Or some things had to change in order to make it happen. 